Well, happy Easter. Jesus is alive. If you're watching service today with someone, would you turn to them right now and say to them, Jesus is alive. Go ahead, do that right now. Jesus is alive. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And I got to tell you, that deserves a big old hallelujah. Our Lord is risen. It was just a couple of days ago on Good Friday that we remembered the death of our Lord on the cross, the, the painful death that he died. But here on Easter, we celebrate the resurrected Lord, the one who came back from the dead, who defeated death and sin and the grave once and for all, all for us, that we would benefit, that we would have life, that we would have life eternal. I to tell you, Easter is all about promises. It's all about promises, promises that are made and promises that are kept. This is what Easter is all about. In fact, the promises that were made by God to Adam, to Noah, to Abraham, to David, there were promises that were prophesied about by Isaiah and Jeremiah and Micah as they looked forward to this day where Jesus would come into the world, the Messiah would come, and that he would save his people, that he would redeem those who are lost, and he would restore the broken relationship between God and man. In fact, Jesus himself made promises about what he would do. Listen to what he says in Mark chapter 10, verse 33 to 34. He says this, we are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and to the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. But three days later, he will rise. A promise he made to his disciples. He, Jesus himself, talked to his disciples about what would happen. He said, I will, I will go up to Jerusalem and I'm going to get handed over and I'm going to get flogged and whipped and I will endure this pain and I will die. I will be handed over and condemned to death. But then he says, he makes this promise, three days later, I will rise. And today, so many years later, a couple of thousand years later, we still celebrate that resurrection, still the most important event in all of history. The death and resurrection of Jesus changed everything for us. Jesus makes another promise. It was just before this whole scene unfolds with Jesus going to the cross and dying and then rising again, that Jesus heard about his friend Lazarus being sick. And messengers came and said, come quickly, your friend Lazarus is not doing well. And, and then it says that Jesus stayed where he was for a few more days. And when he came to the place where Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha, who were friends of Jesus, where he came to the place where they lived, he found out that Lazarus had already died. And not that he had died, but that he had been dead for three days. There's a significance about this three days. You see, because in those times, it was believed after three days, there was no chance that this person would be able to be revived uh, because they didn't understand about things like people being sick and being in a coma or, or just passing out, not having the ability to be revived. But they knew that after three days, if someone was truly dead, that there would be, there would be no chance of their coming back. In fact, in the case of Lazarus, it says, 
says that he had already been so long that there would be a smell. That's what his sisters tell Jesus as, as Jesus goes to that tomb. And, and here in Mark 10, there's a, rather in John 11, there's an encounter that Jesus has with Martha and he makes her a promise. And I want you to listen to this. He says this uh, in, in starting in verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. What a great promise. Your brother will rise again. But here, listen to how Martha responds. She says, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And Martha responds to him, yes, Lord, I believe. I believe. Jesus says, Martha, your brother will live again. And she gives him an amazing answer. She says, Lord, I know. I know that he will live again at the, at the resurrection. And she looks ahead to the future. But Jesus stops her and he says, no. I am the resurrection, that I am the one who has come to bring life. And if you believe in me, you will live. And this isn't an either or, this is a both and, that, that Lazarus will live again in this world, but he too will live at the resurrection, that he will spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. Jesus makes this promise. He makes this statement. He says, if you believe in me, you will live. You will live. You see, it's a promise for now, and it's a promise for later. It's a promise for now, and a promise for later. I don't think any of us would say that we like to get lied to. No one likes to get lied to. No one likes to be told something, told, given a promise that is not kept. It results in broken trust and fractured relationships. It can result in trauma and, and pain. And for so many, maybe some of you listening today, you've experienced that. You've experienced the broken promises in your life that have been difficult to recover from, or maybe you haven't recovered from, that's made it difficult to engage in life and in relationships and to, to believe what people would say and the promises that would be made, even of the Lord, the things that God would promise in His Word because of maybe the pain we've endured in this life. It makes it hard to believe those things that God would say. But today, Easter Sunday, is all about remembering that Jesus is true to his word, that he keeps his promises to us. You know, with promises, there can be the difficult in-between. Promises often go hand in hand with waiting. That, that time between when the promise is made and when the fulfillment comes when Jesus said to his disciples that he would be handed over, that he would be flogged, that he would die, the, the difficult part that is that there were three days in the grave. And in those three days, there was agony, there was pain, there was difficulty for the disciples to believe what Jesus had said. In fact, in the midst of their pain, they forgot about the promise. They thought that it was all over, that it was done, that, that, this, that, that there was no hope. And that is the goal of the enemy of our souls, to rob us of any hope that things can change, that things can be better, that Jesus will come through and be true to his word. That difficult in-between, that awkward in-between, that waiting period between the, when the promise is made 
and when the promise is kept, promises and waiting go hand in hand. I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, watching this service today have experienced that. But Jesus is a keeper of his promises. Whether there's a moment or, or, or a decade in between the promise being made and the promise being kept. Matthew 28 through 1 through 10, I want to read about the, 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 the account, the events that happened uh, when the disciples and, and Mary and Martha discovered that, that Jesus was alive. Let's read this together. It says this, After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And there was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was light, like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I, uh, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They, and they came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This whole scene unfolds as the, as the woman come to the grave to, be, to embalm Jesus, to take care of the body because he, he died on the Sabbath, at the sunset on the Sabbath. And so they had not had an opportunity to take care of the body. And when they show up, they find the scene where there's this angel who says to them, I know you're looking for Jesus. And then he makes this statement. He says, he is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, if there would be a title for my message today, it would be those three words. Just as he said. That Jesus made a promise. That he said he would do something. And he did it. He fulfilled the promise that he made to the disciples. And to us, he has risen just as he said. God is faithful. Oh, dear ones, Jesus is faithful. God is faithful to those he loves. And he loves you. Just as he said, he has made promises to you that have been kept. And he keeps his promises. He went to the grave, he went to the cross, and he rose from the grave for you. That promise is for you for today. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 20, the Apostle Paul writes this, But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among, among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no. But in him, it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. 
What a great portion of scripture as Paul reminds the Corinthian church and he reminds us that when it comes to God, when it comes to the gospel, that God is not confused. He doesn't, he doesn't change his mind and go back and forth. He's not wishy-washy. There's no yes and no, maybe, I don't know, kind of this in-between stuck place. With God, it is yes, just yes, yes and amen. The promises of God are yes, that he will do what he said he will do. And then Paul says, and they are, and so through him, amen, that there's a seal on that yes, that we can bank on it, that we can count on it. The apostle Peter, who in the whole, the whole story of the crucifixion and the resurrection is the one who denied Jesus. He was the, he was the vocal one in the crowd, in the, in the group of disciples. And he always just seemed to put his mouth, uh, his foot in his mouth. And he was ready to, to dive in. And this man with so much passion in that moment when he's asked in that courtyard by that young girl, you know Jesus, you were with him, and he denies him on those three times. This same Peter who Jesus would later restore on the seashore in John 21, on the Sea of Galilee, later on would pen these words in 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4. He says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Peter just sums up the work of Jesus at the cross, what he did when he died on the cross and then rose again from the grave. In his great mercy and through his great sacrifice, Jesus has given us new birth. He's given us new life. This new life that came through Jesus as he was raised from the dead opened the way for us to receive new life. Remember what Jesus said to Martha, if, if we would believe in him, we would live that we would not die, that we would have life. In fact, in John 10, 10, Jesus tells us that the goal of the enemy is to steal, to kill, and destroy. But he says, I have come that you might have life and have it to the fullest, that Jesus has given us birth, given us new birth into this living hope, this living hope. You see, here's the thing about the waiting period with promises. When things don't seem to be going the way that we think they should be going, when things don't be, seem to be lining up with the promises that were made, is that we can hope. We can hope in the work of God. We can hope and put our trust in the faithfulness of God. As, as Paul said, that he is yes and amen, that he doesn't say yes and no, or maybe, or I'm not sure. Again, when God makes a promise, it is yes. And because of the work of Jesus and the, and the faithfulness of his promise that we can say, Lord, I trust you. And I can hope even in the waiting. 
Maybe for some of you today, you're in a season of life where you feel like you're stuck in that waiting period. You're waiting for God to come through. You're waiting for something to change in your circumstance. Maybe, maybe your life feels hopeless. Maybe the relationships in your life are broken. Maybe, maybe physically your body is broken and, and you have pain or, or, or sickness or, or disease. Maybe there's, there's financial strain and hardship. No matter what it is that you're walking through today, I want you to know that Jesus promises to be with you, to never leave you or forsake you, and that he is moving on your behalf even when you don't see see it, even when you don't feel it. That in the same way that Jesus was in that grave for three days between, between the day that he was crucified and the day he rose again, there was this waiting period. But it did, did not diminish the faithfulness of God in fact, it made the testimony all the more powerful. See, because after three days, people don't come back from the dead. But in the case of Jesus, he rose again. He beat the odds. He, 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 he was outside of the statistics. It was scientifically not possible. And so there was no way, and believe me, people tried. There were all kinds of bribes that, that were, were paid to, to tell people, hey, well, to say that his disciples came and stole him in the middle of the night. But the fact remains that Jesus died, was in the grave for three days, and came back to life, that he kept his promise. Maybe you feel like you're in that in-between right now. But I want to tell you on this Easter Sunday, on this Resurrection Sunday, that Jesus keeps his promises just as he said, that he will do what he said he will do, that he is moving on your behalf, even if you can't see it, even if you don't feel it, that there is a promise that is for now and there is a promise that is for later and that Jesus is fully involved in both of those places and both of those ways in your life. So what is it? What is it that God has promised when, when he says, just as I said, what is it that Jesus has said? What are the promises of God that ring true for us today? I want to share a few of those with you real quick. In John 3:15 and Romans 10:9, Jesus says that if you believe in him and in confess his name, that you will be saved. If you put your faith in him and you confess his name, put your trust in him, the Bible says, God says, his promise to you is you will be saved. In Romans chapter 4 and 1 Peter 2, 24 and Hebrews 9, 28 and 1 John verse 19, uh, chapter 1 verse 9 rather, it says this, your sins are forgiven. Every one of those passages and more, I had to select just a few. Those passages all remind us the promise of God that when we put our faith and our trust in him, that our sins are forgiven. They're cast as far as the east is from the west, that we would not be separated from God's love, as Paul reminds us in Romans, that nothing can separate us from his love. That is a promise of God from his word to you that is sealed, the promises sealed in the resurrection of Jesus, just as he said. John 10, 10, which I just mentioned a minute ago, reminds us, and it's a promise of Jesus, that we can have life and that we can have it abundantly, that we can have it 
to the full. Matthew 6, 26, Luke 12, 24, and Philippians 4, 19, amongst others, reminds us that God will supply all of our needs, that he will take care of us. The Old Testament tells us that he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider, the one who, who, who will take care of all of our needs. We see in the Old Testament as the Israelites lived in the desert for 40 years, that God took care of them, that he provided for their needs. Jesus says to us, Look at the birds of the air. They don't have to worry about where, where their, their provision is going to come from. How much more will God, who loves his children, take care of them? That God will supply your needs. James 5.15 James 5, reminds us that Jesus is our healer. He is the one who has taken upon, upon himself our sickness, our infirmity, infirmity. Isaiah reminds us of that as he pro prophesied about the work of Jesus. That there is no sickness, there is no disease, there is no infirmity that Jesus cannot heal, that he cannot touch, that he bore all of our sickness and all of our disease, and that when we call on his name, that he will hear and he will answer. Loved ones, the, the list goes on and on and on, that God's word is full of promises, that he will bind up the brokenhearted, that he will be close to those that, 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 that whose hearts have been crushed. He promises to be a father to the fatherless. He promises to walk closer with us than a brother that to carry us in our times of needs, to encourage us, to support us, to teach us, and on it goes. Today is about celebrating not just the resurrection of Jesus, but the reality that his promises are yes and amen, that he is true to the word, true to his word. And just like that angel sitting at that grave, sitting on that stone in front of that tomb, says to those women, he has risen just as he said, I would want to declare to you today that the promises that he has made to you, he will keep. That there is a just as he said in your life, in your circumstance, that you can turn to him, that you can call on him. That the power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power, is at work in your life and my life. I pray that you are encouraged today as you remember, as you celebrate the resurrection of our Lord, remember that he is still in the business of bringing dead things back to life by bringing things that have lost any hope and restoring hope as we turn our eyes to him. I want to invite you today, if you're watching this service, listening to this message, if you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never called on his name and put your faith and your trust in him, I want to invite you to do that today. It's the biggest, most important decision you could ever make in your life. And it's as simple, as I said earlier, about calling on his name, professing his name, saying, Jesus, I, I believe that you are the son of God that you died on the cross for my sin and that you rose again on the third day. I confess my sin and I ask you to forgive Lord and my Savior. I commit to follow you all of the, my days of my life. I profess your name, Lord Jesus. That's all you have to pray. In fact, if, you, if I, was, I was saying those words, you were saying, I believe that, I believe that. Would you tell someone that you're sitting with right now? And I want to pray for you in just a second. But would you tell someone, I want to say yes to Jesus. I want Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior and my King. Would you turn and tell someone right now? Would you just let them know, I want to say yes to Jesus. If that's you, would you pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, 
Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And thank you for raising again on the third day. I confess your name, Lord Jesus. I put my hope and my trust in you. I believe that you are the son of God. I repent of my sin and ask you to be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, would you please let us know? We'd love to celebrate with you and we'd love to provide you with some resources that will help you as you start this journey with Jesus. Church, I love you. I am so excited about what God is doing in your lives because I know that he is faithful. Would you receive today the, the touch of the Lord in your life? Would you be aware of his presence in your life? And I'm gonna pray for all of us as we close today. I wanna encourage you, if you're struggling in the waiting, if the, the waiting has become difficult, if you feel like you're in those three days and the in-between, know that God is with you that he is faithful. He will do what he said he will do. So let's pray and thank him for that. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came obediently, in obedience to the Father, that you came to earth, that you lived your life, that you ministered the way that you ministered, that you died on the cross, and that ultimately you rose from the grave, defeating once and for all sin and death. And so, Lord, we, we look to you now. Lord, we believe that you are who you say you are and that you will do what you said you will do. God, I pray that we would be able to put our hope and our trust in you. Lord, even though the circumstances around us may be difficult and we might be going through challenging times, help us to remember that you are the one who not only makes promises, you are the one who keeps promises. Lord, I pray and I would speak over everyone listening today, Lord, that their, that their needs would be met, their financial needs would be provided for their physical needs. Lord, we pray healing in the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. We speak healing over every man, woman, boy, and girl, Lord God. Restore bodies, heal bodies, Lord. Eradicate cancer, Lord. Drive back COVID, Lord. Lord, I pray that you free up hurting and broken joints and nerves. Lord, I pray that, that heart function would be restored and lung function would be restored. I pray that, pray that blood sugar would be normalized in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for relationships to be restored and made whole, God. We pray for healing for broken and fractured relationships, Lord God. God, I pray for those who are struggling with hope and looking ahead to the future and knowing what's next. Lord, would you infuse them with hope? Would you restore their joy and their hope in the mighty name of Jesus? Jesus, we celebrate you today. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You are loved. Have an amazing day celebrating the resurrection of our Lord. We'll see you next time. God bless you.